Welcome back to episode two of the Focus Fight Finish podcast. I am your host, Tony Reyes, and uh, I am just so excited still. I've got that. I'm still well within that honeymoon phase for this podcast. I hope that never leaves. I don't think it ever will, but you know, this is a brand new thing for me. Uh, this is, like I said, the second episode of the podcast, and uh, I, got, uh, I got some really good feedback from the first episode. People are enjoying hearing me talk for long periods of time, which blows my mind, is news to me and news to my wife. Um, She's like, you talk so much, okay? Enough with the talking. But uh, apparently there's a very small corner of the internet right here for you, uh, for me, for us, together, as one conversation, a one-sided conversation. You're not talking to me. I mean, you were talking to me through the comments which I will address. I got a lot of good comments, a lot of good questions. We're going to get to that. Again, the only way to get questions on this podcast is leaving a comment on the YouTube video from the week before. So last week's comments, last week's video, I'm getting questions from there, and I will be answering those on this week's podcast. So if you have a question, leave it on this video right below. Click comments, leave a question. It could be anything. Could be anything. Within reason, right? We got to keep it PG. Like I said in the first one, and I and I and I did get some uh, some DMs, some slack about this, about not cursing on this podcast. Here's the thing, guys. I curse, okay, and and if you know me, you know that. I'm not trying to pretend I'm not that. I just know if I say certain words on this podcast, YouTube's algorithm will hear those words and it'll say oh people under 16 can't hear words like this even though hey 13 year olds are cursing like sailors right have you ever heard a 13 year old cuss these days have you ever heard a kid speak you know what i mean my own kid told me to f off the other day that's not true but tangent real quickly i said something goofy to my son and (laughs) He's three years old. I said something goofy to my son, like, oh, look at, the, I have tires on my face. And my wife was like, isn't dad that so silly? And Ryder's like, yeah. And then Meredith, my wife, was like, yeah, what should we do with dad? And my son looks at me dead in the face and says, we should shoot him. Hey, you're three years old, okay? You know how far I could kick you? So far? You know how strong these hammies are i could kick you so far now i won't legal right but uh yeah he said he would shoot me (laughs) and my wife and i looked at each other like who is teaching our kid this this is not from us you know anyway that was just a little tangent so all that to say i don't curse on here because because i don't want youtube to restrict this video you know if there's some obese 12 year old out there who needs help i'd love to be able to provide that help and if i can't provide that help because i throw an f-bomb you know a little a little s-bomb right a little a-bomb then i can't uh, i can't provide that help so that's what we're doing so today's main today's main topic is going to be uh how I lost 150 pounds. Now, if you watched last week's video, you've already seen over the course of my journey, um, I've lost a lot of weight and have gained some back. We are going to have an episode dedicated to the weight gain. I promise you, we're getting there. But uh, I work in a very, uh, in a timeline. Okay, and so I figured since this is a pod, since this second episode of the podcast, I should do a a service to like my journey and tell you the beginning, tell you the middle, and then I'll tell you where I'm at now. Um, But for anyone who doesn't know me, I want to kind of start in the beginning because I've told this, and here's the the truth of it is I've told this story of my weight loss on so many different podcasts, right? Because no one's inviting me on other podcasts to talk about sports or something they're talking to me about my weight loss you know that's the first thing so tony uh used to be 406 pounds was that hard yeah 
Yes, Brad, it was hard. Okay, it was hard. Now, if you had me on your podcast, I'm not talking about anyone specifically. I just, it's funny, you know, to me, it's just funny. It's like, yeah, okay, get hit, hit me with the question. Let's just get to it. I used to be fat, and now I'm not so much, but still kind of, still kind of fat. It's okay. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so, so yeah, so we're going to talk about it because I've talked about it on every other podcast. And so damn it, I'm going to talk about it on mine. I feel like damn, it's still PG. Okay. YouTube don't get crazy. Damn, it is still PG. Okay. I know I've seen Disney movies that say damn it, hell, and maybe, well, let's just leave it at damn it and hell. Okay. Because you know, YouTube get, YouTube don't play around. You see, you feel me? YouTube's like, nah, 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 nah. You see, you dropping those bombs? I, I, how about this? Restricted. <coughs> Excuse me. Not editing that out. We're just going to keep pushing forward. Pretend like you did not hear me just cough on camera. Uh, okay. So my story. I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to start way back. This is going to be a real long episode. I was three years old. Actually, I was six months old, and my grandma was giving me refried beans. I have been eating refried beans since I was six months old, okay? Now, should a six-month-old be eating refried beans? Absolutely not. Was I eating refried beans since I was six months old? Absolutely, I was. So, you wonder why we have a childhood obesity epidemic. It's because people sometimes just do what they can. Okay, and uh, my grandma was just doing what she could, and that's what she was eating. So damn it, that's what I was eating. All right, and that's the way it went. Um, you know, I love my grandma. Both of my grandmas, I love dearly. Uh, but it's just that's just the way it was. Okay, like, um, you know, there was no worry about nutrition or what was in these beans or what <laughs> should six months old even be having that type of solid food? No, no, they shouldn't. But I was a lot of lard, a lot of cheese, okay, beans, all those things. Probably not great for a six month old. <laughs> I it always sound when I tell the story, I feel like it always sounds like I put blame on my grandparents or my parents for my weight gain, and I don't. Um, sure, when you're a child and you're obese. Most of the blame goes on goes to your parents, but I will say that a lot of it is like how much activity, like a lot of the food, at least back in the day, it's like they're literally just doing what they can. My, my dad worked all the time. Okay. All the time. My mom worked all the time as well. So most of the time I was raised by my grandparents. My grandparents grew up in a whole other different generation. Okay, like they're not they're not focused on on the same things that I'm focused on with my children or that I will be focused on with my grandchildren. Uh, that is very obvious. You know, things change over time. So back then it was fine. Have some beans, have some pizza. Here's some candy. Here's chocolate milk. I had a Pepsi with my grandpa like every meal, you know, and it was just like those type of foods are addicting. Um, now, it's not really their fault. That's how they were raised. That's what they were raised on. Um but you couple that with me also not being like this, the most active kid. And I was just putting on weight. I mean, like piling on weight. So how that works into my weight loss journey, obviously, that's where it all starts is when I was a kid. Um, I was always kind of chunky, but I didn't realize that I was like actually like the fat kid until like third grade. In third grades, when you start doing a little bit more physical activity, I had obviously put on more weight by the time I hit third grade. And I remember in third grade, I think I was like 100, I want to say I was like 180 pounds, 160 to 180 pounds in third grade. So you can guess where this is going. Straight up. The weight's going straight up. Okay. The whole, the whole time. Uh, that I was a child, it, like it just keeps going up. There was no, there was never a time in my life when I was younger where my weight slowed down. It was just a constant, gradual weight gain. Flash forward to like when I'm in high school. In high school where is where I really, I realized that I have a problem. I remember in high school I was 314 pounds and I thought, okay, 
this is the highest weight that I'm going to be. I'm going to, I'm going to keep it at 314. I don't know why it was that number, but there was that number. Obviously, I blew past that. Really it exceeded my expectations there uh, as far as my highest weight. Um, so in high school is when I really actually for the first time tried to do a weight loss regimen. I tried a, a diet. Um, I, I remember there was some certain times back when I was a kid where my dad would uh, <laughs> my dad offered me. He said, OK, listen, if you lose weight. I'll buy you this uh, motorcycle it was like a, it was like a quad or something like that um actually it was like a, like a go-kart a go-kart with a roll cage he was like if you lose weight i'll buy you this go-kart i wanted that go-kart really badly but i never got it because i never lost the weight and i think about that go-kart a lot so it's crazy <laughs> now as a parent i think all the time what random thing am i just gonna say to my son that's gonna screw him up for his whole life because I feel like as parents, you just constantly every day are either succeeding or screwing your kid up by like the, the smallest thing that you could say. My dad probably doesn't even remember him offering me a go-kart to lose weight, but I remember him offering me a go-kart to lose weight. I also remember shopping with my mom, and I think I was buying a size 38 pants, okay, size 38. I wear a size 38 to 40, depending on the brand. Um, I wear a size 38 to 40 now. And I remember she buying me a size 38. I think I was in eighth grade. I think maybe even younger, but she's buying me these pants. And I remember her saying, okay, listen, (laughs) this is so screwed up to think talking to your kid this way. But you know, again, they're just doing the best that they can. Okay. My mom obviously loves me more than anything. And, uh, it's just funny to think about, but she's like, okay, listen, these are the, <laughs> these are going to be the biggest pants that I buy you. Okay. So <laughs> you can't get any bigger. <laughs> oh, we laugh. So we don't cry. You know what I mean? We laugh. So we don't cry. Um, and I love my mom, but I like, I remember standing, I think we were, we were in the mall of Victor Valley in JC Penney's. And she's showing me these pants. And I remember her face like, okay, <laughs> these are 38s. Okay. You're not getting any bigger than this. I won't, she says, I won't buy you any bigger pants. I mean, she did. Obviously, she had to. Uh, she's my mom. <laughs> and I got bigger. But, uh, yeah, that was that's a, that's a good childhood memory. Um. And I actually don't think I've told that on a different podcast. You know, I, I got I, I never thought I was going to start start my own podcast. So it's like I never saved any of these stories because I just I, I just remember things randomly as well. I have a terrible, terrible memory, which is one thing that I learned from my, my last podcast uh, from last episode. I now have notes on my iPad because there were certain points. I was like, what else did I want to talk about? Terrible memory. If you know me, ter- terrible memory. So that was a good story about my about my parents. Um, but along my weight loss journey, like I said, so I was always big. Okay. That stuff happened when I was young. I think one of the most tragic things that happened to me, I, I honestly didn't get picked on too much in elementary school because I went to a private uh, a private school. Hmm, la-ti-da. I went to a private school. Uh, I was like the only Mexican, Mexican kid there. Literally. Only Mexican kid there. So... I didn't really get picked on for being fat. I don't even feel like I got picked on for being Mexican. It was just like I knew I was different, right? Because like I'd go over to other kids' houses and their parents were like um, super wealthy. And I was like, whoa, my house does not look like this, you know? Because my mom was a nurse. My dad owned a dry cleaners business, you know, blue collar through and through. And uh, th- like I said, they, my sister and I had a great childhood. I feel like, honestly, I have nothing to complain about. I just know that there was a divide there between the um, wealth statuses. So doesn't really apply to my weight loss story. Um, and so I don't really know why I'm saying that. You know what I mean? But this is what we do here. We just go on tangents. And this is what you're signed up for, okay? A whole lot of this. 
Okay, it's been 15 minutes, and I haven't even gotten to high school of my weight loss story yet. So that's good. That's really good, Tony. Yeah. Um, there is one story I want to talk about in my weight loss story. Probably the only time I really, I truly did get picked on. It was this one kid um, whose name was Troy in eighth grade. Ooh, and if I see Troy on the streets nowadays, pop! You know what I mean? Just a quick elbow. Not really. But I think about it. I would think about it if, if I saw him. This kid named Troy, he, I was in uh, eighth grade, and we were in the locker rooms changing for PE, and this must have gotten left behind or someone had dropped it or something. I don't know where he got this from, but he yells to me across the room in front of everybody. He says, hey, Anthony. This is when I still went by Anthony. <laughs> hey, Anthony, I got a birthday present for you, and I naively stupid kid that I was because I went to private school before this and this is my first time in public school so I'm not like you know keen to like the bullies keen to like the mean kids because in private school everyone was relatively nice for the most part there were some issues but for the most part everyone was pretty nice public school is a whole different beast and this kid Troy throws at me my birthday present across the room throws it at me I catch it and guess what? It's a sports bra. It's a fat joke. It's a good one. But damn, this, it, that was rough. Getting that sports bra in front of everybody like that, I had to laugh it off. You know what I mean? And I think I remember saying something like, oh, yeah, yeah, your, your mom left it <laughs> or something like that. You know what I mean? Um but it was from that time where I realized that if I was going to survive, I needed to get a lot quicker with my insults. Um, and so I just trained my tongue to like, as soon as someone would talk about me, I boom, hit them back with a, a, you know, a jab about their face, a jab about their family, a jab about their sister, their mom, their dad, whatever I could. I like, it was like honing my comedic roasting skills and uh you know which wasn't healthy because it was just like so defensive all the time i was angry all the time uh it just it, it kind of spiraled out of there uh, but that was really the first instance that i remember being picked on and that's kind of what started the, this whole this whole like anger thing in me about being uh, about being fat um so yeah troy just you know what man mind your p's and q's you ever see me walking down the street now okay mind your p's and q's I hope you're a runner because my, my running pace right now, it's not great, but it, it, it's going to get good. So you better run, okay? Not really. This is not a threat, YouTube, okay? I'm sure you ban me for that too. It's not a threat. Just saying. Mind your P's and Q's. So I got picked on a little bit, eighth grade, ninth grade, uh, but then that stopped in ninth grade. Another kid threw a sandwich at me, you know, making a fat joke. Long story short there, I was in crutches. I had dislocated my knee a few weeks earlier because, you know, fat. And so I hobble over. He threw a sandwich at me. I hobble over. I throw it back at him. He stands up. He punches me in the face. And I, basically, years of anger about being fat, take all my weight and hit this kid across the face. He falls down. And then after that, he, he's knocked unconscious for like 10 minutes. It was very scary, actually, because I thought, oh, great. I'm in ninth grade. I have just murdered someone. And now I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> it's like literally I was like I was thought it was cool for like one second. And then when he didn't move afterwards, I was like, this is a big deal. This is very, very bad. Um, but it was actually turned out very good. He woke up. He was fine. He apologized. We got on after, like well after that. But the best thing is that the entire school was there because it was in cafeteria. It was at lunch. So everybody saw it. And after that, my nickname was Rocky. Rocky Reyes. Now, coming from being a fat kid your whole life to being called Rocky Reyes the rest of high school, I got to say, <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. It's a very good time. It's a very good time. Uh, because I, I feel like after that, nobody messed with me. <coughs> you know, it was, uh, <coughs> it's all good. <laughs> oh, wow, this pillow's really poking out there. Um, but, yeah, after that, nobody messed with me. Um, 
and I'm like really thankful for that. I got a cool nickname out of it, and uh, and I got some e- peace of mind. And then it was like after that, I finally like felt a little bit more comfortable. I was still obviously obese and like upset with where I was, but at least I wasn't getting picked on for the most part. Random jabs here and there, no big deal, because I again built up a defense mechanism of either a making my making fun of myself first or b hitting people back harder than they were able to hit me so and not physically i mean like with words <laughs> I, I only got in that one fight in high school uh, i'm not trying to say like oh, i've been in 50 street fights i'm so gangster <clears throat> right after i got done talking about private school i used to have to wear like this little red sweater vest it's called St. Timothy's. We had a little a cardinal, the bird, a little cardinal for our, our mascot. Yeah, it was horrible. Those red sweaters were so itchy. I hated them. I hated them. Oof, hated them. Anyway, so <laughs> after high school, that's like, or like during high school is when I first started, you know, I started on Atkins. I did, I did Atkins for a long time. I did South Beach. Um, I did um, those meals. Nutrisystem, not Nutrisystem, maybe it was, I, didn't, I can't even remember, but I did these meals, I did basically like a, a Jenny Craig for men type thing, none of it worked, right, none of it works, and none of it ever works, because all of it is so, um, it's just so, it's so exclusive, the, the, the things that you can eat, you know, you, you have to, um, you know, it's just not sustainable, and, uh, so it was, you know, going through high school, doing all these different diets and failing and losing like 20 pounds and then gaining 30 and then losing a little bit and gaining back. It was just like this typical yo-yo diet was it like your the epitome of a yo-yo dieter. And, uh, and that went on for a long time, you know, years, years. And then I went to college, I moved out. And I turned 20, and then when I turned 20, I moved in with my best friend, Steve. And I was out of the house. I was out of my hometown. I moved an hour and a half away down to Orange County. And that's when I really piled the weight on. <coughs> it was the first time that I had a job and money, and not a lot of money, but a little bit, enough to spend some foolishly on food, you know? And so that's what I did. I would, him and I, like, we were just kind of gluttonous when we were living together. We would eat and eat and eat. We'd go out at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning to, um, you know, this 24-hour Mexican food place, get these things called super nachos, and they were super. Let me tell you, they put carne asada on there, refried beans, cheese, be french fry you could eat it with chips or you could get it with french fries it was amazing either way and uh yeah it was you know that's what our life was like we would each order a large pizza sit down watch tv drink a bunch and then eat a full large pizza ourselves like i'd have my own pizza he'd have his own pizza and we'd eat it all of it all the time uh it was you know i thought i was living in my glory days and now I look back, I'm like, oh, man, I was eating like, you know, 6,000 calories a day, if not more. Just wild. Just wild the amount of food I was eating and the frequency I was eating it uh, at the time that I was eating it at. A lot of it was late, late at night. I'd eat a lot and then go straight to bed. So this is kind of where I, I, I'm coming from. And, uh, you know, it was, it was tough. It was tough. But I knew in the back of my mind that I would always lose weight. I just knew, like, ah, I'll just enjoy myself now, and I'll, I'll, I'll lose the weight eventually. And then came my first, uh, my first attempt, my first real attempt at losing weight was, I think it was, like, 24 or something. I started a, uh, an Instagram account called The Fat Man Diaries. The Fat Man Diaries is what Focus Fight Finish was before (laughs) so it was the fat man diaries first and i just uh you know documented everything i'd always i'd always been filming everything i'd always that's always been like ingrained in me i've always had a camera in my hands and uh and so i just started documenting everything under the fat man diaries page and you know started 
losing weight a little bit. I got a personal trainer, um, and I lost a hundred pounds, which is, was like mind blowing to me. I did a Spartan race. I was like successful. I was, I in, and actually the, the creator of the Spartan race, Joe DeSina reached out to me. He was writing a book. And so he featured my story in his book. You could still go, you know, pull up the I am Spartan book. I think I'm on page like 119 or something. Uh, And he talks about my story of losing weight and then running a Spartan race. And then after that, um, in December, uh, my grandma dies. Now, my grandma and I were very close. I have a, a tattoo for her right here, which I'll tell the story of this tattoo one day. But uh, I have a tattoo for her there, and that really, like, threw me through my whole kind of life into a spiral. I was engaged at the time to Meredith, uh, and then, you know, she dies. And then a month later, my best friend Kevin dies in a motorcycle accident. And after those two deaths back-to-back, I was just like, (laughs) I was in such a dark place. I think I was 25 at this point and yeah super super dark place i was drinking a lot i was three months away from being married and i just couldn't do it so i broke off the wedding and then you know i was just living on my own single depressed drinking a bunch you know it was just a bad bad time of my life probably the darkest i mean easily the darkest right like i had some bad thoughts in that apartment i still remember a few of those nights where I was gaining all the weight back, by the way, like that's the whole point of me going on this tangent. Um, So I was gaining all that weight back. And I remember thinking like, I'm just, I'm gaining this weight back so fast. This is just never going to happen for me. Like I'm never actually going to lose weight. And it was at that point where I kind of just gave up hope thinking that I was ever going to be able to to do it because I had already I had already lost 100 pounds I had all this success I was featured in a book like and now I'm gaining the weight back so it's like if that's not gonna stick and and I'm just gaining the weight back then then there's no point in trying anymore because I'm just always going to be the guy that loses a bunch and then gains it all back and I and I remember that feeling it was a dark feeling and I you know a, a pretty dark night thinking about all that, you know, had a pretty dark night where, um, yeah, it was just, you know, it just got real dark. Thankfully I made it through all of that. Um, you know, and not just on my own, a lot of it, you know, I wanted to get back together with Meredith. I wanted to try to make it work. She wouldn't have anything to do with me until I went to therapy. Thank God she did because, uh, and, and kudos to her for even sticking through me and all that. Like who's going to get back together with a guy that called off the wedding three months before. You know what I mean? That's insane. Um, And she did. She believed in me, uh, which is crazy. So, um, and I'm so thankful for Holy cow. My whole, my life is, is incredible now because of that, you know? So um, I got through that through going to therapy. I started meditating every day and, you know, maybe like low key became a Buddhist. I wouldn't say like I'm, I'm a practicing Buddhist by any means, but like I definitely, study the philosophy of it and then believe in the philosophy of it and i think the philosophy of buddhism really helped me during that time um but like i said i'm not really religious but uh that i think is the closest that i could get to calling a religion even though it's not (laughs) um uh but yeah it just it that all helped get me through that uh through that time so now flash forward uh you know marath and i back together things are going well um we have a, you know, where she's pregnant and I'm, I'm still, I've all, I've gained the weight back, right? Like I'm now I'm like back up at like my highest at like 406, 395, 406. You know, I go back and forth when you're that big, 10 pounds is really not that big of a deal. And then we find out that we're pregnant and, uh, I make a promise to lose weight before she's, before she gives birth. And that doesn't happen. (laughs) And that's, again, even more just like shame and embarrassment that I made a promise to myself. And I made a promise to her that I was going to lose the weight before Ryder was born. And that didn't happen, you know. Um, And that was another thing that I'm just like, "Ah, dude, I'm not going to ever be able to do this. 
So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get right back to it, we're going to get right back into when I actually made the change and when it all clicked for me. But first, we're going to pay some bills. <laughs> first, we're going to pay some bills. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hydragun. So Hydragun, you've probably seen me use it on Instagram before. It is a massage therapy gun. For my money, it's the best massage therapy gun out there. Um, unlike the Theragun, it's not going to blow your freaking eardrums out when you use it. Uh, I think the Thera Theragun's great. Um, however, it's just so freaking loud that why not have the same power with like <laughs> a third of the noise? Uh, and that is what the Hydragun is to me. Um, they are having a Black Friday sale. That is the whole point of me talking about it. They're having a Black Friday sale right now. It goes until uh, the 27th. And so uh, you can go click the link. I have it in the description below. If you use that link or use co my code, which is BF21FOCUS, um, it's the longest code of all time. I apologize, but that's how they have to do it in their site. Uh, BF 21 focus. It'll give you $20 off of the already discounted black Friday sale. So it's like, you can stack those sales. So get their black Friday sale on top with my code. You'll save 20 bucks. So BF 21 focus, get yourself a hydro gun. I highly recommend them. I'm going to have a few, um, sent to me soon and I'll be doing a giveaway on this channel, which is going to be sick i'm so excited i haven't i haven't really ever done a giveaway and i i really love my hydro gun so i want to give some away uh for christmas and so uh that's going to be coming soon so i i listen i take companies that i i vouch for very seriously if i didn't like the hydro gun i wouldn't talk about it you'd never hear about it i get stuff sent to me all the time you wouldn't believe how much crap that gets sent to me but hydro gun is one that i actually love that i actually use and uh, so that's why I have no problems talking about it because I would never steer you wrong. I take this seriously. So if you want, check it out and uh, save yourself some money in doing so. The link is in the description. And we're back. Uh, thank you for that. I apologize. I'm not going to have a lot of ads in my podcast, but Hydrogun is just a cool company that, uh, that I've partnered with. And, uh, you know, I don't partner with a lot. I, I, and I, again, I don't talk about companies that I don't love. I literally only partner with Hydrogun. Ice Age Meals, and of course, BPN. Other than that, there are a few that I that I might be working with, but, you know, I'm not going to work with anyone that I don't love. And uh, I got, <laughs> just a quick aside, I got some coffee sent to me the other day. By the other day, I mean like a few, like a month ago or so. And uh, so this dude sends to me, it's a big coffee company. If you're in CrossFit, you've heard about them. So they send me this coffee and... Uh, they're like, you know, we're going to get a code focus thing working and they're going to, you know, pay me and all this good stuff. And I'm like excited because I love coffee. Like I, I'm three cups of coffee in right now. OK, I love coffee. So I was so stoked to have like a coffee partnership. So I get this box and I'm telling Meredith about it. I'm so excited. I pour this cup and I I smell it. I take my first sip and it tastes like pure garbage. I mean, pure garbage. It was undrinkable. So I pour it out, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I must have done something wrong. So I re-brew I re it. Make I make sure all my measurements are right. Re-brew it. Taste it again. Same thing. Tastes horrible. So I'm like, ah, dude, I was so disappointed because I was so excited. But I knew immediately. I was like, there's no way that I can put this out there and be like hey you know go buy their stuff use code focus like no i'm not doing it i have to love it otherwise i feel like you'll be able to tell if i'm not being honest about something because when i promote a product or something i'm just i have no script i'm just going off the cuff so if i have to improvise you know something about a product i better love it because i have stuff to riff off of but if i don't love it i have nothing to say about that coffee i'm not going to put them on blast because I'm sure there's people out there that love it. It's not for me. Not the taste. Not for me. And I emailed the owner back. And I was like, I'm sorry, man, but I just can't, you know. And he respected the decision. He was a little confused because he hasn't heard that before. But I just, you know, not the taste for me. I'm not the guy. I'm not that guy. Uh, okay. Anyway, back to weight loss. I just thought it was funny. Um, 
and disappointing. I honestly am so disappointed that that didn't work, didn't work out because, damn, I love coffee. Um, all right. So Ryder is about to be born. I don't lose the weight. The reason why I'm like, there's two reasons why I wanted to lose weight. One is very practical. I had a lot of health conditions. Okay. Um, I had uh, high blood pressure. My this heart disease runs in my family like crazy. I had uh, three times before I had gotten gout really poor, really badly, really poorly. <laughs> you know, I didn't really get gout the way I wanted to. It was a really poor performance of gout on my part. I apologize. Uh, I I got gout three times. Gout is it's basically like the crystallization of something in your it usually comes in like your joints and typically it forms in your toe in your big toe now when it says crystallization it feels like a knife is being jabbed in the the socket of your toe and just kind of like twisted right like it's stuck in that already hurts but then they got a little twist on it okay and let me tell you wow wow i'd honestly rather get kicked square in the throat then have gout again. I'd rather get, I'd rather, I mean, we don't have to play this game, but you know what I mean? It's pretty bad. So I was already suffering with gout. Uh, and then I had really bad sleep apnea. So bad. I, I was sleeping with a, uh, a CPAP machine, basically a hose that fed oxygen up my nose. So, you know, I didn't die in the middle of the night. <laughs> uh, it was bad. You know, I had bad sleep apnea. I was waking up uh, after I got a sleep study done, I was waking up about 400 times a night. Now, not actually fully waking up, but being brought out of that deep sleep cycle. And so uh, it was rough. It was really rough. I mean, there were a few times where I remember waking up in the middle of the night and I was gasping for breath, you know, just uh, I, I just was suffocating myself under my own body weight. Not good. Not a good place to be. Um, yeah. So uh, those health conditions were pretty serious so that was the main reason i wanted to lose weight the second reason and this seems dumb but i had this idea that you know writer i was going to pick writer up from school one day and his friends were going to see his dad picking him up and he was going to get made fun of for having the fat dad and there was something about that that like I didn't want, there was like this terrifying moment where I didn't want my son to be embarrassed of me. And if you are morbidly obese, people make fun of you. You know, it's like still like the social norm that it's okay to make fun of a fat person. Maybe not fat women anymore, but a fat man. Oh yeah. Let's throw him up there. It's hilarious. Look at how funny it is, you know? And so uh, I feel like with kids, they can be brutal and it would just be fine to make fun of, uh, you know, Ryder's fat dad and all the kids would get on it, get in on it and Ryder would grow to like be embarrassed of me. And that is all the thinking that I did, <laughs> you know, the anxiety that I had um, before this kid was even born. I was thinking, uh, you know, I had this whole thing scripted out on how it was all going to go down the things they would say how Ryder would would react mind you the kid's not even born yet all right i'm already stressed about how his kid his friends are going to perceive him and his family in eight years you know stupid but that was a big a big fear for me a big fear for me and so um i didn't do anything until my uh it was it was like a, a hundred and five days before my son's first birthday. And I had just finished reading David Goggins can't hurt me. And that book straight up changed my life. It's always a little cheesy when someone says, Oh, a book changed my life. I'm like, okay, this book changed my freaking life. I mean, everything, it just changed everything for me. And, uh, I, uh, man, I love David Goggins for it. It's crazy. I've read it like six times now. I'm rereading it again. Anytime I feel like I, I have a slip up or I feel like I'm I'm struggling, and I'm definitely struggling right now, which we'll get to probably next episode. I am struggle city right now. So I'm rereading that book again, and it's helping. I highly recommend it to anybody. 
lot of cursing in that. That book is not YouTube friendly. <laughs> and let me tell you what. If I got if I did a little a reading here of a passage from David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me, this video would get flagged so fast. Just just so I mean the bells would be ringing at YouTube headquarters. Lights would be going off. Fax machines would just start spitting out paper for no reason. Okay? That book is not YouTube friendly. However, that book changed my life. Love that book. So it was after I finished reading that, I I decided, okay, I have 100 days to lose 50 pounds before my son's first birthday. I thought 50 pounds was a nice round number. I thought 100 days was a realistic time to hit that goal. Let's go for it. And I went all in. 100 days, I had no cheat meals. I tracked every single morsel of food that I put into my mouth. I was in a constant caloric deficit for 100 days. I worked out six days a week no matter what. Um, and, you know, I just, I, 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 if I had to miss birthdays or miss parties or whatever, like nothing was going to get in the way of my workouts and nothing was going to get in the way of my nutrition plan. So like if I had to bring my food somewhere awkward, I would do it. I didn't care. Um, I was, I was about as hard nosed as you can get. I would, I would say arguably to an unhealthy level. And you know, we can always, we can talk about that in another episode of like how far is too far, how much tracking is too much tracking, intuitive eating versus tracking. What does it all mean? I'm just letting you know how I did it in my first hundred days and I tracked everything and I excluded everything. You want to talk about a restrictive diet? I was on it. <laughs> like I didn't sniff a cookie. Do you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't, like if I was pouring my son peanut butter for his, for a snack or something, um, well not peanut butter for my son, but it was like, if I, oh, that's a prime example. If I was making a, a sandwich for my wife, she loves PB&J. If I was making her PB&J, okay, put the peanut butter, put the jelly, typically a normal person, you're going to lick that knife because you got a nice little smothering of peanut butter and jelly on that knife. It's a nice little mini PB&J, if you will, minus the carbs. It's a keto PB&J. <laughs> um, I wouldn't even lick the knife. I had this thing in my head that I'm like, yeah, I'm hard because I don't even lick the knife after I'm done spreading something like that. I just went right to the sink and watered it down immediately. And it's like, all right, bro, chill, okay? Like, that's a little nutty. But also, I don't know. I, I feel like it helped. I don't think it was healthy. I didn't really have, like, the healthiest relationship with food at the end of it. But I did lose my 50 pounds. Actually, I blew past my 50-pound goal. I lost 60. So anyway, I digress. That that was my first big, uh, you know, my first big move in, in weight loss since my other all my other ones failed, and I felt like this one was different. And and I and and it is different, you know. Um, after that, I signed up for a Spartan race where I I did another hundred days hard, where I you know just again uh, basically I had a, a like a month and a half off of just maintaining and then I went right back into another caloric deficit, lost more weight, lost about another 80 pounds or something in the next, um, not 80 pounds. I lost about another, uh, 40 pounds in that next hundred days. And before my Spartan race, ran my Spartan race. Um, and I kind of got that off my shoulder cause you know, since I was in the Spartan race book and then I gained the weight back, I had this like weird underlying shame when it came to Spartan racing, uh, because I had, you know, that person that was in that book basically didn't really succeed. I had gained the weight back, but I had lost weight again. And so I'm like, all right, it's time to do another Spartan race. I feel good about that chapter of my life and get it past me. Uh, and that's when I started the marathon. And during the marathon training, that whole year of 2020, I probably lost like another um, 15, 20 pounds or so. And that kind of takes us to where we are now. Um, after the marathon, I kind of covered this. I got injured. And slowly over the last eight months, maybe nine months or so, put back on 40 pounds. Sucks. Really sucks. Um, it is not something that is easy to talk about. It's not something that is easy to admit to myself. 
I keep telling myself, listen, you still have lost a massive amount of weight. You still, um, I don't know if you heard that, but my, I just got a text message. I forgot to turn my phone off again. Listen, guys, we are figuring out this podcast thing, and we are going to get it figured out. By episode seven or eight, I'm sure it's going to be smooth sailing. But this is just episode two, so please forgive. Uh, my, my text chime just went off. Anyway, it's not something that's easy to talk about, but this, this, this episode is going to want, I wanted to be dedicated to like kind of my history. Um, and there's so much more that we'll, I'm sure we'll cover. And, and if people ask questions, I'm sure it will spark memories because I, like I said, my memory is so bad. Sometimes something someone will say, something someone will say or something, it'll pop up another memory. So we'll get there. I'll, I'll I'm sure I'm going to be chatting about every single <laughs> instance of bullying I, I ever had but those that, that was like the big one that I kind of covered in this episode and I wanted to kind of cover that and then in the next episode we'll really talk about how weight gain after a lot of weight loss can be sneaky and how you know something like 96 percent of people who have weight loss gain it all back and what I am doing currently to try to not be another statistic You've seen it. You've seen the Instagram people who've lost a lot of weight and then gain it back. It's tough. I know a few people who who that that has happened to, and it's sad, man, and it hurts, and it's scary, and uh, it scares me. You know. Um, oh, here we go. Emotions. It is scary to think that even after everything that I have been through, everything I've done, and all of the, um, all of the, the, the content that I put out there and, and things that I've done to promote a healthy lifestyle, that it could still be affected and that I can still, um, that I could still gain the weight back. You would think after all of this that I would be set. I'd be, you know, I'd be minted in, in this weight loss journey. But it's not the case. It can happen to anybody at any time. And it is hard, man. It is so hard. And so we'll get into this uh, next episode because there's a lot I want to talk about. And, uh, I mean, we're already at like 50 minutes here. So I'm going to get to the questions. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm just going to cry. I'm just going to cry like a baby. It's, uh, you know, it's hard. And it can happen to anybody. We talked last week about Will Smith's episode, our Will Smith's uh, weight loss show. I just finished it. It's wonderful, and I definitely think you should watch it. Um, it really goes to show, like, no matter who you are, where you're at in your life, what um, resources you have available to you, weight loss is so hard. And, uh, you know, whether you have $100 in your bank account or uh, $100 million in your bank account, Weight loss is still weight loss, and it still sucks. Um, and so I think it's a great show. It's only six episodes, but it's it's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I think you should go check it out because it has definitely made me feel better about my own journey, about my own shortcomings, uh, especially in this, these last few months. So, um, you know, like I said, we'll talk more about my weight gain because uh, it's not something that I'm happy about or that I'm proud of. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to stop talking about it now. So I don't just start <laughs> bawling. <sighs> we got some questions from last week's episode. And so I wanted to take some time here at the end to answer those questions. Again, the only way to get your questions answered on this podcast is to leave your questions in the comments below. Please do so. Leave them in the comments below and I will answer them. We got a few here. This one is from Bill Thornton. Nice job, my friend. Old age presents many challenges. Your show has provided me with inspiration at times to do what I need to do. Thanks. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this one up. <clears throat> Bill, Bill and I, I've known Bill since I was like eight years old. Okay. I used to be in a youth theater group called, get ready for it. It was a youth theater group performing, dancing, singing, and it was called Shenanigans. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. It's so funny to think back at that time. Hello, I'm in a group. Yes, we are called 
shenanigans. Um, yeah, I got made fun of that for a lot in high school and in college, when people would be like, "Oh, like," because I I would say like, "Oh yeah, I was in this show before," and they're like, "Oh, where did you perform it at?" I was like, "Oh, it was with shenanigans," and people were like, "Shenanigans." Yes. If you can't tell by this raspy sounding horrible voice, because I'm still trying to get over this throat thing for like three weeks, I've been like sniffling and like clearing my throat. I don't know what's going on, but I used to be a singer. I am a singer. How dare I? I am a singer. And I used to take it pretty damn seriously. I thought back then I thought I was going to be on Broadway. Okay. Anyway, um, Bill Thornton was my first director in shenanigans him and I, I, it was like his right-hand man for a long time. We were in a thing called Travel Group where he was he was the director. And, uh, you know, he just, he's just, an, he was like one of the first, um, probably one of the first male role models that I look up to, you know, outside of my, my own dad. He was one of the first outside of my family that I, I really looked up to Bill. And I followed what Bill said a lot. And, you know, he was just, you know, Bill was kind of a hard ass. It was always funny that Bill was in the position he was in. Bill's this guy. He, you know, he has tattoos. And back then, I was like, oh, nobody I know has, has tattoos. Like, at least some that are showing. And they're military tattoos. Bill is a, is a, is a vet. And so he's got some military tats and stuff. And it's just like. He's he's in charge of these group of of kids who are all like singing, you know, we go together like Ramalamalama, Shindimina Ding a Dung. And then you got Bill in the back, you know, come on. You gotta it's like it was like if you took Rocky's coach, Mick, and put him in a theater group called Shenanigans. That is literally who Bill Thornton was, and he's amazing. Like I love Bill so much. He was the sweetest guy and just like but he he definitely had a gravelly exterior and I love that about him. So I just wanted to say thank you, Bill. I love you so much. Uh, man. Wow. And, and how crazy is that now with technology? I haven't talked to Bill in so long in person years, but someone that I, you know, looked up to when I was like 10 years old to like 14 years old, he's now watching my YouTube channel. That's amazing. Um, thank you, Bill. <laughs> Uh, this one quick story about Bill. He always, uh, when we'd, we'd be driving on the freeway and there was traffic, because we would have to travel everywhere for these shows. I mean, during summer, I'd perform like 56 times during a summer break. Do the math, okay? That is so much. It was, Oh, man. It's probably too much. Mm, child abuse? I don't know. Maybe. Um, no. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. But we were on the freeway, and Bill got so mad that people in the left-hand lane were driving slow, and uh, he was just like, you know, there'd be no traffic if the people on the left would just go over to the right. If you're going to drive slow so that way we on the left could drive fast. And I think about that every time I get on the freeway. I think about Bill Thornton as an adult. Every time I get on the freeway, I think about him yelling about that because it's true. If you're on the left hand lane and you're driving slow. Hey. You know what I mean? I hope your engine explodes. I hope you're fine, but I hope your engine explodes and you have to get towed and you have to figure out how to drive again. Because <laughs> if you're driving slow, don't go in the left-hand lane. That's all. I don't have road rage or anything. It's fine. This is from, uh, well, there's no way to get around his name. His name is Gigolo. You know what I mean? It's Gigolo. <laughs> G- Gigolo asks, <laughs> love it, man. My question, how much can you bench press uh, with a winky face? Hey, Gigolo, what are we? What is a winky face about? Uh, I don't know how much I can bench press, honestly. I used to be really strong. Then after I lost weight, I lost a lot of muscle as well. Um, but my shoulder for a long time was pretty weak. And so um, I know when I put on two plates... It's rough, right? Two forty-fives on each side. It's like I got like maybe like three or four in me, and that's about it. So I'm not very strong. Um, I think uh, I would like to build that strength up next year, um, and so I will be doing more, um, you know, bent like typical weightlifting uh, movements like bench press. So I'll get back to you, Gigolo. I will get back to you, 
But I appreciate your question, Gigolo. Thank you. Gigolo. Abel Contreras. I did get this question a lot. This is from my man, Abel. Uh, put this put this on podcast Apple app, bro. I kind of wanted to make this a YouTube exclusive thing. I like it on YouTube. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I have a podcast. Oh, where can you get it? YouTube. Is that crazy to me to think that way? Is it crazy to just be like, yeah, no, you can only get it on my YouTube channel. I don't know why. Hey, everybody has their podcasts on everything. So why not be the one guy, maybe the one idiot who only has his podcast on one thing? Maybe not. Maybe I'll put it somewhere else. I kind of just like it on YouTube. Let me know in the comments if I'm stupid about that. That might be stupid. It's probably stupid. But you know what? Whatever. I do. Sometimes I do things that are stupid. And maybe in five weeks, I'll learn and it'll be a decision I make and I'll change it because I'm open minded. So tell me, change my mind. This is from Mert. I cannot pronounce your last name. Goxi. Mert Goxi. Great episode. You are an inspiration for us. Is it possible for you to share about your documenting filming process? I am open to any storytelling tips. I do get this question a lot as well. Um, I've been telling stories since I was 19. I've been working behind the camera or in front of the camera, but like telling stories. I, I've, I've had a lot of experience telling stories. And it's not something that's just going to happen overnight. You're not just going to become a good storyteller overnight. I don't even think I'm a good storyteller yet. I think I have a lot more work to do because in my professional life, I'm a full-time filmmaker. I'm a creative director uh, for a fitness company, and I, I tell our brand story every day. And so, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's tough. But I think the most important tip that I could give any um, future storytellers is you have to be genuine. You have to be honest. If I'm out here trying to put on a facade of like who I think a weight loss personality should be, that's not going to work. Like if I'm not 100% me all the time, you will like the audience will be able to see through that so quickly. And they just like there's something humans are good at sensing that, you know, for the most part, humans are pretty good at sensing when something's fake or when someone's like, like being phony or whatever, like. I don't, I never want to be that. And that's why I, I've tried really hard this whole journey to be as transparent as possible and, uh, and be as open as possible. And I feel like as long as you approach every story with, uh, openness and honesty, that that story will translate well. Um, obviously you have to add in a little drama. You have to, you know, edit things a certain way, you know, like, like when I edited my, my, my documentary, you know, I put that part of me like, putting up like resting my hand up against the tree heavy breathing my my leg was in so much pain you know because that's a good hook you know there's nothing like you know fake about that like I was in a lot of pain but it's just a good way to open up a documentary because as soon as someone clicks on it and on YouTube that's very important I wanted a cold open I needed something to hook them right away because it's a 30 minute video so you know you need to sell it pretty quickly within the first six seconds if you're going to have someone stick around for 30 minutes. So, like, hooking someone like that is very important in the very beginning. And, uh, you know, that was a choice that I made for, for that uh, Obese to Marathon uh, documentary. So that would be my tip as far as storytelling goes. As far as documenting things, I've always documented things. I, I have video of me as a kid, you know, basically <laughs> filming uh, a drag race with my dad, like – I featured it in the video, The Greatest Lesson My Father Taught Me, um, that I posted a, a, a couple months ago. Um, I've always filmed things. I've just I've been obsessed with capturing moments, capturing memories. And so it's been hard along the way to film myself, especially in my most vulnerable moments when I'm having a moment. My first instinct is I need to get this on camera so I remember how I feel in this moment. Because otherwise, you can't recycle those tears. There was a quote like, you know, recycle your tears. If you're crying about something, if you're upset about something, if you can take that emotion and recycle that emotion and use it for fuel, use it to um, fuel you into your next goal or your next set or your next, you know, work session or whatever it is, like use your tears, recycle your tears. And, and for me, filming certain moments of my life 
helps me recycle my tears. Um, some people think it's like weird if you're like, you know, crying you, that it's fake or that it's just for camera. Like, oh, he's just crying for the camera or whatever. Like, I've got plenty of footage of me that I haven't posted uh, of me just crying or being open or being honest with myself. And it's that more of that's just like personal, like my own, like almost like a video diary. You know, I've never been more, much of a, a diary person, but as far as video goes, I feel like I could just sit down and talk to the video, talk to the camera as if I was talking to myself. And basically, I am talking to myself in the future. You know, I'm hoping when I talk to myself that I'm I'm talking to someone who's already accomplished the things that I want, and I'm more telling them, that person, my future self, like, hey, listen, I hope you really did it because right now we're in a dark place. Right now we're really hurting, and this is why we're hurting. And that's why I document everything, and that's why I've, I've, I have filmed so many moments of me being vulnerable, um, taking my shirt off, uh, you know, just looking at myself or whatever it has been. I film it because I think in the long run it does help me recycle those tears. So I hope that helps. Film everything. <laughs> Never turn the cameras off. Um, this is the last question right before we end the show. We're almost, we're at an hour already. Yikes. We hit our first hour. I was going to keep these at like 30 minutes. I obviously talk way too freaking much to have a 30-minute podcast. Uh, work's not done. That's who this question's from. Work's not done. Great first episode. Thank you. My question is, I've seen some of your workouts and it's not really bodybuilding or CrossFit. So just wondering, how do you come up with your workouts? Is there a certain plan or split you follow? Well, work's not done. That's a great question because there's really no rhyme or reason <laughs> to what I'm doing. Uh, and I think that is a problem. When I was training for my marathon, there was a lot of rhyme or reason because it was, I, I had a workout program. I did, uh, I followed my, my marathon prep from a company called The Run Experience. They are on Instagram, they're on YouTube. Great, great channel, especially, I mean, mainly if you wanna focus on running. The Run Experience is phenomenal. I highly recommend them. But outside of marathon prep, my workouts are absolutely all over the place. And like I'll do a couple days of, um, you know, upper body, a couple days of lower body. And then, a, you know, maybe a couple days of, of cardio and then some some mixed stuff in between. But I don't really have a plan right now. And I think that's part of the problem. I think being so wishy-washy with my training and what time I'm training because my schedule's all over the place. I think all of that adds up to just this overall feeling I have of my current weight loss um, plateau as far as being like, eh, it's just kind of, you know, bleh, you know, I, I, I don't know, <laughs> like how to put that in words that makes me sound like I'm a smart person because saying I'm bleh sounds like I'm a child <laughs> and uh, I just have no way of putting it in words. I just don't feel um, as connected or as focused and that's large part in due to do that with me not having a program. So uh, I'm actually going to start a weight loss program from the company that I work for um, called Living.Fit. Living.Fit is, uh, that's like I said, that's the company that I work for. Um, so I have access to all of our workout plans, which are created from world-class trainers, uh, Marcus Martinez and Aaron Gayette. They have, uh, you know, they've made incredible, incredible programs. And like I said, I'd be an idiot to not take part in them because I just have access to them for free. So like, duh, you, you an idiot, like take part. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to do. They have a lot of kettlebell, body weight, battle rope programs. And that's, um, you know, I have all that here. So why not do it? So I'm going to start my first 30 day program uh, with them and see how it goes. Um, I mean, I know they're going to be great. I love the programming. I just need to stick to it. I need to do it. It was hard to do it when I was training for a marathon because I was running so much, but now I'm not really running. So I might as well do that instead of just all this like rambly, wishy-washy type training that I have been doing. I've still been getting after it. Don't get me wrong. I'm still going to the gym, you know, five to six times a week. However, it's just all over the place. So I have no real direction. Okay. So anyway, I hope that helps. I hope that, uh, you know, answers your question. And also, again, if you want any questions answered on this podcast, go to the comment section right down below. Ask me a question. I will answer it unless it's not good. <laughs> 
I got to put that in there unless someone asks me. It's like, I mean, not good, but like, if it's not appropriate, I can't answer it, right? Obviously. Uh, anyway, listen, this is episode two of the Focus Fight Finish podcast, and I'm so thankful for you listening. If you've made it this far, holy cow, you are, you are, you are the OG, you know, you are about it, okay? If you made it this far, click down below and just, even if you don't have a question, just comment, I'm about it. That way I know as a creator, I know which one of my community members are, are here and they're actually about it. Okay. Cause I, I just need to know. So comment, I'm about it. And then you and I will have a mutual understanding of who's who. Okay. All right. Anyway, this episode has gone on long enough. I will be back next week with a full episode talking all about my weight gain and uh, bring your tissue boxes because I'm going to have mine. I already know I'm going to cry. Uh, it's going to be rough. It's going to be probably the, one of the most vulnerable things I put out online, uh, especially now after losing weight and then gaining it. Like that sucks and that's never fun. And it's definitely something that uh, people talk about. So we're going to get after it next week. I'm or <laughs> I've already got anxiety about it. So tune in. I'll see you next week. Thank you for watching. Peace.